Film Reach presents Verbal Masturbation with Bryson Jim. All right, this week we are talking to writer-director of the 2020 critically acclaimed film, Uncle Peckerhead, Mr. Matthew John Lawrence. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Us little Canadian boys in the small city of Calgary are so honored to have you with us. And uh, we play a little game with our, um, with our guests. It's, uh, it's very quick. It's just to get everybody loosened up. It's kind of like mental uh, gymnastics before we start to get yourself loosened up. <laughs> and we call it or. I usually like to go into long, tedious uh, explanations about what or is. But it's self-explanatory. Bryce, yeah, but Bryce <laughs> thinks that you'll be able to figure it out. And so we're just going to go right into it. <laughs> so seeing as Uncle Peckerhead is a punk film, which is where my roots are, I am going to go way back and give you your first choice is the Dickies or the Dead Kennedys. Uh, I got to go. I, I mean, I would. I love on both Dead Kennedys, though. All right. Uh, Anne Rice or Stephen King. <clears throat> you know, this is going to be embarrassing. I've never read any Anne Rice, so I got to go with Stephen King. Okie doke. That's you. Do not have to feel embarrassed. I'm <laughs> sure she's never read any of your books either. <laughs> Uh, the Islanders or the Rangers? Oh, got to go Rangers all the way. All right. Going way back in time, Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing? Mm, man, that's good. Uh, I got to go Christopher Lee. Okay. Going for longevity. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Fast Zombies or Shamblers? Shamblers. No doubt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Romero all the way. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. And this may offend a lot of people in the world, but we're happy about that because that's what we do here on this podcast. Uh, Australia or New Zealand? I got to go. I mean, I, man, if, if I pick New Zealand, my Australian friends would totally disown me. So I, I'm going to go with Australia just because I don't have any close friends from New Zealand. But I, I love both. Both countries are, are great in my book. Nice. Okay. And the last question. I want to usually ask 50, but Bryce cuts me off early because so, he's a dick sometimes. It just goes on but and I'm on, going man. Gorilla. It does. Gorilla or Gorilla. <laughs> Gorilla or gorilla? Oh, I got to go gorilla. Okay. All right. Going for Kong. Picking <laughs> Kong over Che Rivera. I got it. <laughs> I love it. Nice. All right. All right. Let's get into it. So we were lucky enough to see the film on the festival circuit last year when Peck came to uh, our little film festival here, Calgary Underground Film Festival. Uh, at what point did the festival circuit end for you? And did you get to attend any... Oh, man. Uh, so with the festival circuit, uh, we got to attend our first festival. So really the only this is what's so sick. Um, I, I mean, and again, all things considered, you know, you you find yourself very privileged and lucky. But we only got to attend one public screening of our film, which was at Panic Fest in Kansas City. And that was pre pandemic. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, we all of our all of our festival run all of our festival uh, showings. Uh, I think there were only a couple that were in person. We didn't get to attend any of them after uh, after Panic Fest. Um, and it's still going. I mean, we're not playing. I don't think we're playing any in North America, but occasionally I'll hear from our distributor saying that we're playing in like Europe or I think we were playing somewhere in South America, maybe in uh, Argentina. Um, but no, unfortunately, we didn't get to we didn't get to attend any but Panic Fest. So we're hoping to to maybe in this next year, just kind of do some one-offs, uh, you know, possibly at Draft House or just at independent theaters. Uh, like a couple of us that made the movie are living in Philadelphia now. So uh, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm reaching out to like the Philadelphia Film Society, just hoping to put something together. Cool. Nice. That's kind of yeah. weird though. Like um, normally once it's released and you can buy it or, or VOD it, usually you don't, it doesn't play festivals anyway. So that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, I think it just might be some of those countries probably we're not, we haven't been distributed internationally, like in that area of Europe or in that part of South America. Um, so that's cool. I mean, because you see, you start to see, you know, whether it's on uh, like Letterboxd or Twitter or like somebody will, like you'll you'll see like either like, you know, a couple dozen follows or people just kind of re like writing about the movie. Um, you know, and obviously you can see like many of them are from this one country. So you just you can kind of connect the dots. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. All right. So 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes last time I looked. How does that feel? Uh, it feels great. <laughs> it feels great. I actually I teach at a college. So that's like one of the because they just uh, I don't think they really get kind of the type of movies that I make. Um, so like they're constantly kind of comparing it to like a, an article in a journal. Um, but one of the things that I think kind of it, it's lucky that it's been so mainstreamed is if you're able to say like we're 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, then that kind of like click that kind of clicks in their head because a lot of them kind of understand what that means. And it doesn't matter that there's only like 15 fucking no. reviews being counted. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. I don't I, I don't really give them much context. It's just, you know, it's 100 um, percent. So, yeah, I mean, it feels great. It's it's amazing. I never thought that the movie would it would be 100 percent even with like three reviews. So it's I'm totally stoked. Yeah. Well, fuck you, IMDb. That's what I got to say. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Fuck that place. Yeah. Okay, so you just mentioned you're a professor. How? Okay, so how does it feel to be a professor uh, and and teaching kind of the craft that you're working in? Uh, and how how does that feel? Like, how are the? I guess I'll call them kids, but I guess they're not really kids. The young adults. How are they? How do they feel about being taught by someone of your caliber? I mean, I think many of them uh, also like don't because it's weird because when I went to school, uh, you know, I would research my professors and kind of like get an understanding for like what they did and what they're all about. Um, I don't think many of my students do. That's not to say that I don't love teaching or I don't love my students. Um, I just think they don't know, like they don't really, because even when I mentioned kind of the the movies that I've made or I linked them to kind of trailers and stuff, I don't think many of them kind of click on that stuff. So um one is like, you know, for the few students, I think there's a few students that kind of uh, have watched the movie and are kind of really stoked. And then some of them, uh, unfortunately, follow me on Twitter. And like when they see like, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan or somebody kind of tweet at me or Chris Gethard or something like that, they kind of like they flip out and they think it's really cool. Um, but I think most of them like don't, you know, like it's it's just I'm not even on their radar. You know what I mean? Like they they would never watch this movie. They're not particularly interested. Um but teaching, I mean, teaching just, it's amazing. I mean, like, especially at this point in my career, like I'm just kind of talking about, like teaching them about stuff that I really care about. And the place where I teach now, it's its amazing. The kids are really motivated. Um, they're really kind of smart, savvy. And I teach a lot of intro classes. So you get to see kind of, they, they come in and you think they would know what they're doing because they've had their, they have a camera on their phone you know, since they were, you know, a kid, but they, they don't really have a lot of the, the skills, the foundational skills they need. And a lot of them are so motivated that by the end, you can see this like exponential kind of like jump in, in, in skills. Um, so it's really cool. I love teaching. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be rewarding. I mean, okay. So here's a question that's kind of a spinoff of that. So you're in Philly, it's our goal to get to Philly. Um, mostly just to get in the same area of the mall for uh, Dawn of the Dead, Hell which yeah. is my which is my um, my goal in life to finally get there. So if if we're passing through town, are you going to be doing some weekend um, special? We can hire you to do a, a special class for a bunch of podcasts. We'll bring them all in for you. No, dude, come on by. Come on by the Philly. We love, uh, like my wife and I, the reason why we moved here from Brooklyn is uh, it's so much cheaper. So we were able to buy a house with like a backyard, which nice. I haven't had in like <clears throat> probably like 15 years. Um, wow. So yeah, I mean, we love hosting. Come on by. We'll we'll make some movies. We'll we'll drink some drinks. We'll eat some good food. The food, nice. the, the food game in Philly is absolutely outrageous as, as like an amateur foodie. Um, yeah. it's one of the reasons why I like kind of geeked out when we moved here and now that stuff is opening up, it's been a dream. Yeah. I'm a, a bit big foodie myself. Actually, I'm going to say Bryce is the opposite of a foodie, but he, he, he does love good vegan food. So, oh, hell yeah. Bryce. I mean, really. So my sister-in-law is vegan and she was staying with us the past week. 
And Philly's like known for its uh, its vegan cuisine because it's not like in New York, it's either it's like a vegan restaurant or it's not. Um, most places in Philadelphia, there's like for every restaurant, there's like a significant chunk of the menu nice. is dedicated towards vegetarian and vegans. Excellent. Rice. Now, yeah. you know what we're doing next year, buddy. Hell okay, yeah. so the, the trilogy, it's official, I understand. Is what I'm seeing on the World Wide Web. <laughs> uh, what more can you tell us about the? Is, and is the working title is supposedly Larry Gone Demon? Is this true? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's official in the sense that a script is written, and I'm actively nice. trying to find funding. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so it's weird with the duh, with the Duh universe. Um, there's there's Peckerhead, and I have like a Peckerhead two script that I really I really want to get done, but. Really, I mean, what's what's crazy is Larry Gun Demon was the first Duh script that I had written. Oh. Um, and it was like I made a short that didn't involve Duh that kind of took the premise that that used the premise that I have for the feature of Larry Gun Demon. Uh, but then I wanted to turn it into to a feature and kind of make a, a bunch of changes that I didn't like about the short once I had made it. Um, so that's really one of the the first feature scripts that I wrote that I was really happy with that I was like like willing to kind of like throw go all in and and kind of make it. Um, but then I wrote Peckerhead right after, and I ended up liking that more, and we ended up going with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a trilogy. The Duh trilogy is basically like uh, you know Uncle Peckerhead, and then hopefully Uncle Peckerhead too. But that doesn't even count towards the trilogy. But then Larry mm. Gun Demon. And then I'm starting to kind of like flesh out a treatment for kind of a werewolf movie um, involving the band. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like it, it, I've always imagined does kind of like a Hanna-Barbera kind of like. Yes. Or, yeah. Like a, yes, like the mystery machine. But exactly. Like, I yeah, love and, it. And they just get into different misadventures, um, which I'd love to do it. I mean, like I'm so open that if I mean, I would be totally like pleased as punch to do it as like you know these 90 minute installments or to do it as like kind of like short like a short form series where every season is like a yeah. kind of a different meditation on a subgenre and like horror or even I I mean I have sci-fi ideas and stuff like that um, but I always would love to do just kind of like a like have them as kind of like that that group of kind of you know kids just kind of getting into trouble and and, and scrapping I love it. Oh my God. That is so good. So, so that, that brings me to the, in my opinion, the most important question that we're going to ask you today is your Judaisms. So are we going to see more Judaism? You're frozen, <clears throat> Jim. In the trilogy? Like, sorry, sorry, yeah, Jim, Jim, you, yeah, you froze. Um, <laughs> like Judaisms as in, ah. Why had they used Judy's name in different in different things where oh, they would like compare her stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Judy Pie and all the Judys that they use. I, I absolutely love that. Definitely in uh, in Peckerhead too. There's there's a bunch of that thrown in there, and that's like I mean that's shit I do with my wife um, because her name's like Wiki, so I'll call her like Wikenzo, and like I'll just kind of like riff on different like every week riff on a different nickname for her. Um, so yeah, there'll definitely be that's plenty awesome. of Judaisms in uh, in Peckerhead too. Nice. Yeah, I actually do that a lot with my friends, too. So they, it kind of annoys them. Our, our buddy Murray, who's our third of our podcast, I've called him Merman since uh, probably the day I met him. So yeah. and uh, he doesn't look anything like Ben Stiller from Zoolander, but <laughs> he can pull it off, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I do the same thing with like all of my friends. It just gets boring calling somebody the same name. So I'll just kind of I'll just riff, just improv on it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for the hardest question of the day. What is your favorite horror film of all time? And you got to pick one. Oh, guys. Um, goddamn. This is, this is very, very tough. Uh, okay. Give us a couple. Okay. Um, I mean, you're it, weak, so Bryce. You're weak. <laughs> Um, it's really, I mean, like this really isn't a, this really isn't a cop out since Jim mentioned it, but the, the OG Dawn of the Dead, the 78 version, uh, so is good. like definitely in top five. Um, 
I'd say, oh man, this is so tough. I'm like, I mean, I know Alien is both sci-fi and horror, but the mm-hmm. the OG Alien is like one of my favorites. I mean, those, those two movies I've been meditating on a lot because I've been thinking about like what movies I've watched the most in my life. And those are two horror movies that I've probably watched at least twice a year, every year since I was like, you know, whatever year you discovered them, like, like 13, yep. 14. Um, I mean, and then like, you know, Return of the Living Dead, I love um, the like the OG Halloween. I love uh, Friday the 13th Part 6. I love um, Night of the Creeps. I love um, I'm sure I'm like forgetting. I'm sure like can't, the like uh, I'm so excited to see the new Candyman, but the 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 uh, not the now it's the original Candyman. I, I really yeah, love. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. I could, oh, Texas. Uh, probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre is definitely in my top five, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, original. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, and that's one that yeah. I show my students. Uh, and it's just like every time I watch it, I'm surprised at how much it still kind of works on me and kind of unnerves me. And this is like, you know, you've watched it probably like 35, 40 times and it's still like completely. Still, still brings you. Yeah, it still brings you right into the story. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you are there feeling oh, the yeah. terror with these kids. Dude, and it's like, especially being on such a strap budget, like shoestring budget, like small crew, just like being able to use like a few spaces and just really be able to create a sense of dread. And it's it's like a movie that's like completely like I haven't seen anything kind of capture that type of that type of wild, scary energy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it is like one of my favorite endings of all time. Yeah, I mean, those, those, all those kind of mixed together, like ones that I can always return to and find different things to kind of love on and, and, find, and find the same stuff that I've always loved. Yeah, it's funny how you can have these meditative films that you know so well and you just go back to. And, and it's funny, I, I like, same for me for Dawn of the Dead. It's my, my favorite of all time. And I'll go back and watch it usually once or twice a year. It's like, oh, it's my birthday. I guess what I'm going to do today. And, yeah. and then um, and you'll watch something, you'll go like, wow, I can't believe I've seen this over 500 times and I still see stuff in there. I'm like, okay, that was cool. I missed that the first 499 times, right? So it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, the opening of that movie is, I mean, I, I was watching it just to kind of like get inspiration for something I'm writing. And just because I, I love this idea of like, just like a chaotic opening where it just like thrusts you into something and you're just kind of like, like trying to get your bearings. And it's like, it has like, like kind of the Altman-esque, like people talking over each other and just kind of frantic, like cutting, but is also like eviscerating like news media, like at, in 1978. I mean, it's like, it just hits on so many, so many parts. And like, it's such a good, just like, we're just going to drop you in and just like, like buckle up. Um, yeah, I mean, that movie you can't go wrong with. Nice. So, other than potentially money, what caused the uh, big gap between Peck and Two Pints? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, money. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, like, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Two Pints was, Two Pints was, like, really, like, was was so, not bad as in the, the experience wasn't bad, although it was, like, we made it for, like, under 30 grand, and it's, like, I went bank i went literally bankrupt i like (laughs) i i went bankrupt mentally i went bankrupt uh you know emotionally i went bankrupt um so that was it was really tough to kind of get back to kind of like get back to the to to the black um but yeah i mean it was just like no money just like trying to get money like a project that i'm trying to get off the ground right now that like fingers crossed is this movie bloody axe wound and what happened is after two pints while i was kind of getting getting myself back to kind of like uh to to above sea level um i i started developing this movie i'd written the script and i'd taken it i I belonged to the brooklyn filmmakers collective the writers workshop and people really like loved on it and they're like you should really try and get this like try and like meet with investors and i got some contacts and i actually i i got two actresses signed on one was uh sunita mani She's like, she's been in Glow. She's been in, um, she's been in like a bunch of stuff. Um, but they like, they they gave their name so we could raise money. We ended up raising like, maybe like a, maybe like half to like two thirds, between half to two thirds of the budget. And it seemed like we were going to make it. Um, but all of the budget that we had kind of accumulated at that point were, it was hinging on this date that we needed to get to this number by this date. 
and we didn't get there and the money got pulled and we've been working oh, on that for like man. two years and it was like dude i'm telling you it was like one of the most one of those moments where you're just like is this what i want to do you know you're just mm -hmm. kind of like having this crisis of conscience um so what had happened was after that went after that went under I was like, I'm gonna, I like, I'm gonna try it one more time because I learned so many lessons on Two Pints, just as far as like as a director, as a producer, as just a as somebody being able to get a movie made. So I was like, I'm gonna just depend on myself uh, and and try and get a movie made, and that that'll be my last shot. And that was Peckerhead. Was basically uh, like, uh, it was like I I put in like probably two thirds of the budget with like the help of my wife and then we cobbled together just like friends and family just putting like you know a thousand here and there which was like ex exceptionally kind of them and like really helpful um but that's pecker was just kind of the last dash effort to kind of try and make a, a feature-length film and thankfully i mean who, who knows if it's going to work because it was basically i just want to make more movies yeah. Um, and I'm still seeing if, if we can get something made, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that's the reason why there was so much time is we had a project for like two years. It was just like money issues. All right. So with that in mind, oh, go ahead, Jim. Okay. I was just going to say, so, so, okay. With the, the buzz that Eckerhead's getting, like, it, are people not now just wanting to throw money at you? Like here, look at how great this is. Here's money, 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 money. Or, or is it like, because there's, you've got like a fandom that's happening do you think if you went to like a kickstarter or something like that where all your fans who who love love the film could throw yeah. money at it yeah i mean jim that's yeah i mean that's kind of like the the real the real question is like so there's a few projects that that i've had like interest in um and it's just like a slow go and like the thing is like i i don't think i'm like well connected in that world so i don't know if like the slow going is just normal, you know? So like, I have kind of like a couple of projects like with, with kind of like, you know, interest from producers, but like that's nothing's really coming of that. Um, and you have like a ton of people just kind of reach out to you and they're like, Hey, um, what do you have? You know? And immediately like I jump on it and I'm like, Hey, like here's, here's a couple cause like I have lookbooks. like my wife and I kind of like work together and she's like, kind of like helping me kind of shepherd stuff and produce it. So we've kind of created these lookbooks. I have a bunch of scripts and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's <clears throat> for a lot of stuff like, like, and this sounds, this sounds like really shitty. Right. Um, but like, I just, I want to make a movie, but I also want to get paid. Like I've never gotten paid for any movie I've made, including Peckerhead, never gotten paid. I've never received wow. a cent on any movie I've made. And I'm just like, for the next wow. one, if I'm going to, dude, and it's like, I'm sure you guys know from talking to other filmmakers, if you guys have made films before, I mean, like when you're making movies on a micro budget, like the gun is in your mouth the entire fucking time. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like, it's really tough mm -hmm. and it's like, it's great. Like being able to do podcasts like this and, and meet people and, and just see that the films resonate with people that, that means a ton. Um, but it's like, I spent two years of my life and I like, I lost a lot of money on, on this thing. Um, so I'm just like, I don't want to make a lot of money. I just want to be able to pay my, my mortgage, you know, every month. And it's not a lot. <laughs> I just want to be able to, 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 yeah. to pay the mortgage. And eat. so, yeah, I mean, so like, so I think it's just like, uh, you know, I, I think there are plenty of people cause I've gotten like a couple of offers for stuff, but the offers have been like, I, again, like don't see any money. And it's like, I don't know these, I don't know these people. Like they tell me like, listen, like it'll pay off, you know, like, like after the movie's made and like it's, it gets distributed or we get this or that. Um, but I'm just like, I just want to get paid as a writer and director. You know what I mean? I don't need a lot. I don't need points. I don't need anything. I don't even, I don't need, I'm not asking for like, you know, even like, you know, $25,000. I just want some money to know that like, even if you fuck me over when this movie's done, at the very yeah. least, I'm like, well, I have I have the check that you wrote initially, you know, for, for the script and like my directing services. Um, nice. And I haven't got, yeah, I haven't gotten that yet. So I think, yeah, it's tough. And it's like, I'm sure I would have done if I were like 25, I think I'd be more apt to kind of like jump on stuff. But at 38, like I want to make movies and I still I mean, like, like you said, with Kickstarter, that's kind of like the next plan is like if 
if something doesn't really kind of turn up this summer or by like fall, I think we're going to yeah. try and do Peckerhead 2 on our own. I think that's going to be the yeah. plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's tough out there. Uh, I, I like, I was really hoping that something, especially when shit started opening up, that we'd be able to kind of like get something moving. Cause I feel really good about a couple of like non-duh related scripts. Um, but I mean, there's some stuff that it, there might be some hope, but, but I'm still kind of, you know, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, where did the concept from uncle Peckerhead come from? Okay. Um, I mean, it was really, I mean, just like a hodgepodge of ideas that I had, I had been kind of like, I'd been working on, like I had, uh, I might've told you guys this before, if I didn't, uh, this is actually like some of the stuff's really cool that I've been kind of developing. But one of the, one of the ideas I've been developing right before I started on the script for Peckerhead is I wanted to pitch to adult swim this like kind of throwbacky sitcom like 90s sitcom about a punk band living in a, a dilapidated like row house with this hillbilly tweaker and you never like it's never explained why this this old tweaker's living with them um but it's kind of like i wanted it to i always described it as like a punk rock full house with a tweaker mr belvedere or a hillbilly <laughs> mr belvedere um, so I'd been writing that, but then like I had in my twenties, uh, like been in bands and toured a bunch and Jeff who wrote the music and played Max, he, um, he had been in a bunch of bands and a bunch of like all of our friends, like my brother works in the music industry and, and books at a venue. Um, so like, you know, just like what inevitably when you're hanging out with, with this group of people, like everyone, everyone has the same tour stories and everyone has different yeah. ones. You're just kind of swapping stories and kind of like, you know, like, uh, just kind of shooting the shit and kind of bonding over this stuff. So I'd always wanted to do a film that kind of really talks about the, the real life of, of being on tour, because I think a lot of it is kind of romanticized in, in film and television. And yeah. like, for me doing it the way I, I did it back in my twenties. I mean, like sleeping in Walmart parking lots, like you're, mm -hmm. you're eating, you know, you're eating fucking shoelaces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is not, it's not fun. It's not cool. No, it's like, <laughs> like now I, now I look back on it and I'm kind of like, I'm back to the romance. I look back on it in a romantic way, but yeah. you know, back then the reason why I stopped doing it was just like, like even in my twenties, I was just like, man, my body is wrecked. I'm just like, I'm like, my gums are constantly bleeding. I'm just like, yeah. I'm, like I'm underweight. I'm like, just like pissed off all the time. Um, so yeah, I wanted to make kind of a, a story about the, what that, what that real life is like. Um, and I like, I, I mean, horror has been such a, such a fixture of my life. Like since I was like a real little kid. Um, and I'd been, I had made some horror, uh, some horror shorts. <clears throat> up until that point I produced a bunch um and I went to this this horror film festival which was great um but there was like no really fun midnight movie that like people were just kind of like yes fucking like yes. psyched as shit to go to um and there were some really good self-serious ones but like I, like my wife and I went to this one film festival and we were like afterwards we had we had I forget what movie we had seen and it's not even shit talking the movie the movie was probably pretty good um, but I was like, man, what was really missing at this festival was just like a fun midnight movie. I just wanted to like, you know, have a yes. couple of years, you know, like, you know, you know, maybe smoke some weed and just like fucking enjoy a movie. Um, and that movie wasn't there. So I, I just kind of, I started kind of like just thinking how, like, that was kind of probably the kernel is I was like, I want to make a fun midnight movie. And like, what ideas do I have kind of percolating? And I just kind of was like, okay, I really like this kind of like this baseline concept of these punk kids, like this kind of generational divide. And then I kind of wanted to do something about touring. And especially once Jeff got, came in and started doing music, I, it just started kind of like, it's crazy how quickly it kind of came together because I think we went to that festival in early fall. I started writing it um in or maybe maybe it was the spring and then i started writing it in the summer and then by like fall we had committed to shoot you know that next june so it was yeah. basically just like a year um but i was like i i knew that like that was going to be the time to do it because it was also that time where a lot of the people working on it 
took, you know, a discounted rate or a, a lot of calling in favors. And it's like just at that mm-hmm. age where like, you know, people are about to have kids or about to like move away and like go to the next the next juncture of their life. So it's like I could kind of feel that 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 moment happening. And I was like, man, I should call in these favors before somebody's like, man, I got two kids. I can't do this shit. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, Although seeing seeing Judy pregnant might have been actually kind of fun <laughs> in it. It would have been kind of funny. Baby up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's funny though. You said that about um about the midnight movies. We've been bitching about that for years now. Like, um, like I remember when Tokyo Gore Police came through a few years ago, and that was just like that was it was like that was the moment where it's kind of like, hey, where the that was like over a decade ago now. It wasn't a decade ago. (laughs) Holy crap! I didn't know Tokyo Gore Police was that old. But okay, we did get Manborg, but oh, Jim, you're. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's just there's just not enough of them. It's freezing. Damn, this freezing. Yes. I wish it was freezing up here. It's like plus 35 degrees Celsius. It's crazy. No, it's it's a scorcher here too. Um, yeah, I mean, like with the, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm so like some of my most uh, cherished memories of like going to film festivals or just going to movies is like going with a group of friends and just seeing some like batshit movie. And just for the first time, or even like, you know, going to see, like I remember, um uh we uh, a bunch of friends went to go see we we traveled to austin not for this but we ended up finding out that they were doing evil dead 2 with uh robert kurtzman was going to be in nice. attendance and it was like it was also like just one of those things where it was a magical audience of like just people were like so geeked out to be there and just like drink beer and watch the movie and love on it that you could just tell like everyone from the front row to the back was like so into it and like so like ready that it's like i mean <clears throat> not that i'm i'm saying like we could ever touch kind of like an evil dead 2 kind of level but that's like that's the stuff that like i mean that's that's better than any drug i've ever done is like getting to watch movies like that or even especially like yeah. when we played uh you know pecker had a panic fest and with like my larry gun demon short playing some film festivals when you have like an audience just kind of like yelling or screaming or laughing or cringing or crying or calling out i mean that stuff it, like it, it's indescribable. It's like nothing you've felt before. It's so great. Yeah, I would love to be watching Uncle Peckerhead again with Bryce in the movie theater because I can't remember. Did we stream it, Bryce? Do you remember? We had to stream it, to... Jim. There was no other option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be so good because like almost everybody that would go to the cinema, like we have a like a, an art house cinema in town. That's our hangout. And um, everybody there would be pro-punk, and then Bryce would be the only metalhead, so we could all kind of look <laughs> at him and make fun of him, especially when they kill the metalhead guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah. so we, we are film rage, and, and we often find, like you'll often find that we are raging about something. Lots of times it's about different things in film and movies and the industry itself. So what's one thing from the film industry that makes you rage other than money? Because that's obviously one that we can feel um, your pain. Yeah. I mean, that's good. There's a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm, I can be a bit of a pessimist. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on that. Um, but I can be a bit of a pessimist. I think one of the things, one of the things I was just, uh, I was really bitching about lately um is that i find and again it's been kind of like just i I think it's i think it's tough because i think there's a there's still like a lot of like pretty good film criticism or you know like just people writing about film but i find that like it's also kind of just the how things have been twitterized um but i hate film criticism that it's somebody being like this is how i would i didn't like this movie because this movie didn't do what i wanted it to do um, it's fine to criticize a movie. Like I, totally, I, I definitely watch movies, and I'm just like, well, I wasn't really fond of that for these reasons, or it didn't, it didn't hit me the way I, th- I thought it would, or I wanted it to. Um, but I find that like a lot of like criticism lately that I've read, um, not even related to my own movie, because like I really try to avoid reading much because I think it'll just depress me. Um, but like a lot of stuff that I, that I read is just like, well, I didn't like this movie because 
um, I wanted this to happen and it didn't happen. So then it's like, I didn't like it. Mm. And it's like, well, then go fucking make the movie. Go make your movie. Um, but that's kind of, that's one of my, like, one of my huge issues is like, I mean, you're watching somebody's vision, you know, it's not your vision. That's the reason why, you know, this person made it, you know? Um, but that's, that's definitely what I've been raging. I went on like a little, I I like that. Nice. Well, that, that's actually good advice for us because sometimes we do, I think, put our own opinions in it. So that's, uh, we'll, we'll be more conscious about that, about, (laughs) about, um, we probably will still do it, but it's, you know, I think I, in my defense, I'm going to take defense only because I think sometimes when you watch a movie, though, and you'll, you'll go like, hey, that based on how they made that movie, that's no possible way that that could ever have happened in the movie. So we could you can't figure out why they did it. But that to your point, maybe the director was dropped acid at, when they got to that point in the film. And it's like then they went from the, a really bad trip and then they wrote the next the next line. So like it's a tough line to toe because it's definitely like I could I mean, I I definitely think there's valid like critiquing or criticism of being like, oh, I mean, I wasn't fond of, you know, the ending or I wasn't fond of, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think they kind of I think the conflict got lost, you know, by the by the last third of the movie um, like that stuff. I mean, like sharing your opinion of like where you think something went wrong, that that makes sense. I, I wish I could like call up an example right now, but like, it's just like when I read some stuff, I'm just like, it just seems like you just wanted to take that idea and make it yourself. And you just didn't like that. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You didn't like certain choices that person made rather than like, 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 you know, critiquing certain aspects of the narrative or like certain, certain choices. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. It just seems yeah. like sometimes it's like, well, like this is how I would have made the movie. And since they didn't do it that way, I fucking, I, I don't like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a friend like that. That <laughs> if if uh, if Ryan Reynolds is in the movie, it doesn't matter how bad it is; it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And Bryce and I don't think that way, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> okay, so the soundtrack. Okay, I'm sure I'm sure everybody wants to know where the soundtrack is. I'm sure you've been asked a million times, "Where's the soundtrack?" Totally. <clears throat> well, I mean, the good news is uh, we're just, uh, I, mean, I shouldn't say we're, Jeff is, I mean, legitimately, the only thing that's left in the recording is uh, finishing like Judy's vocals, which are provided by Augusta Koch, who um, she was in Kaitana and now she's in this band Gladdy. Um, but really, she's like, she's the last element of the recording. Jeff recorded. Um, just in the past month, um, like a full duh album, which has every song from the movie. Nice. And then he wrote, I think, like four or five new songs. Um, and I've heard the demos um, and some of the rough mixes uh, without uh, without Augusta's vocals. Um, and it's, I mean, obviously I'm impartial. I'm subjective. I'm being subjective here, but they are like fucking like outrageous. I mean, one of the things that I'm like so geeked out on is this idea of like, you know, this like this transmedia type of thing where the the film is kind of continuing to exist. And this fake band is actually released yep. a full record. Um, so really, I mean, he, yes. expects, he expects to be done by uh, like mid July uh, completely. And then it's just sending it to um, to the printing uh, or to the press to get because uh, we're going to do like a, a proper yeah, yeah. LP, um, like a proper vinyl LP. So Whoa. I'm like, dude, we're I mean, we're already kind of like working through artwork and kind of like inserts and what t- we want to do, like a really kind of special release with it. Um, so like my wife, who's, who's a designer, she's like helping with like the artwork and kind of the inserts. And we're going to do like, like, we're trying to think of like really kind of like crazy shit to put inside. Um, so hopefully Mm, by like, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be like, probably, unfortunately, because I I didn't realize this because I haven't been in a band in like a decade, but I guess there's so few like, um, you know, vinyl pressings, like, like factories, that it takes like there's like a three or four months yeah there's like a turn the turnaround so slow so i think like our hope is definitely before thanksgiving hopefully earlier um but they'll definitely by the fall there'll be a proper duh lp that will be available oh i'm so excited dude excited 
some of the new songs that Jeff wrote are like, so I think some of the best stuff he's ever written in any band or incarnation, but like, like just are like my, one of the songs is my favorite duh song and it's not even in the movie. What? I can't yeah. wait. Cause the, yeah. the music in the movie was, was so awesome to me. I loved it. Yeah. I even liked the douchebag bands song. Yeah. If it wasn't the words in it, the music was actually pretty cool. So he did a pretty good job of the, the music part of that side of it. So, yeah. okay, this is a bit of a spinoff of that because what's VHS then? VHS has the um, has that EP out. Yeah. Uh, Some humans taste like dog shit. What's that? What's that all about? Yeah, I mean, that was just, uh, I mean, I the dude reached out to me and said he was a big, big fan of the movie. I mean, I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if he's like a one-man band or what, like I, I really didn't do like uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of research but he's like hey like i just wrote this he wrote one song and he's like hey i just i'm a huge fan of the movie and i was just inspired and i wrote the song um and he sent it to me like with nothing nothing else right and i listened to it i was just like dude this this rules and it's like it warms it warms my heart uh that you cared enough about the, the movie to like write a song um and he and it was like would you mind i, th I think we like shared like a thing even before that ep was released and he's like, um, he reached out like a couple of days later, just being like, thanks for sharing. Uh, you know, I I was thinking about like, I inspired to write a couple more songs. If I were to write a couple more songs and release it, would you all mind? And I was like, no, like go for it. <laughs> like, like like that type of shit. I mean, I love that type of shit. Like if, if this, if this, like, if you're inspired by this and like, the, this is like ways in which you want to kind of share your love of the movie like hell yeah dude go for it um and i i'm just so tickled that uh you know a death metal band would would write an ep dedicated to the movie so there's there's no real connection i know yeah there's no real connection to us or i mean besides you know the the movie in terms of like lyrical content there's no real connection um, but the guy was just yeah. so like nice and the music's like actually like like really good. So I was like, fuck it, yeah, hell yeah, go for it. Keep spreading that's, the gospel of Well, Bryce. Bryce, have you heard have you heard the EP yet? I haven't had a chance yet. Because Bryce is a death metal Bryce is a big death metal fan, so I'm yeah, sure right. I'm sh we all have dueling um iPods when we come visit you <laughs> in Philly. I love it. He'll be listening to the death metal and I'll be listening to the duh album. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The crazy okay. thing is, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Jim. Go ahead. No, no, go. No, no. You no, go. I, was just no saying go. That, I, I was saying that I, I'm just I, like, if it's, if it sucked, I would have been like, yeah, dude, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate it. But I was like, this is like, actually like, you know, from, from, I mean, I'm not a, a, a death metal aficionado, but I've heard definitely my, my share of death metal. Um, and it's, I mean, I was really into it. So, yeah. Sweet. Nice. It's a crossover album. Okay. Yeah. So this being said now, is this knowing that people are making Uncle Peck music outside of the universe, can you see yourself doing a rock opera? Because we don't have enough rock operas. Like where's the Tommy for 2023? Or, you know, where is um, Quadrophenia for 2030? Uh, can you see doing your, doing a rock opera? Jim, this is not a line, uh, or this is not this is not a gag. I'm not being sarcastic. Um, I I have an idea and like kind of like a, a notebook because I keep kind of like the these marble notebooks of like film ideas, you know. Um, and one of the one nice. of the ideas that I've wanted to to get off the ground. This is the thing of like you know I have a ton of not a ton but I have like you know half a dozen screenplays and just notebooks filled with you know ideas. And one of my one of the ideas that like I'm like man. If I started to kind of, you know, afford myself opportunities where I could just like, you know, people are just kind of like clamoring for any idea. Um, I have an idea for a musical. Um, it's not it's not horror related or anything. It's it's more just kind of like a like a kind of like a, a profane comedy um, about uh, a criminal who falls in love with another like kind of a Robin Hood type criminal um, in the city. Um, but it's a musical and I have like, I mean, like I would basically Jeff and I have talked about it and I've kind of pitched him like what my, what my concept is and what the music would kind of be in the kind of the, the, the feel of the music. And I have even kind of like a basic kind of 
not a beat by beat, but it's a basic idea of where the script goes in terms of like what, what the main conflict is, the cast of characters. Um, but I would love to do a musical. I like, I mean, I've been into, I, I love Quadrophenia. Obviously, I love Tommy. Um, but I, I mean, like I grew up, you know, uh, in New Jersey. So we would always go into the city to see musicals. My mom was like big into musicals. So I've seen like, you know, everything from like Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, stuff like that. It wouldn't be as dramatic and big, you know, like that type of musical. Um, but I would love to do like a like a rock opera, rock musical. Um, like I would love to do a film version of it and do like like fucking Busby Berkeley shit of like crazy song and nice. dance numbers. Yeah, that would be a dream. Have, um, you, uh, have you seen Anna and the Apocalypse? That's one of our favorite films on Film Rage. I have. Yeah, I, I really I really liked I, I think it was the thing of I really liked Anna and the Apocalypse and especially like, you know, when you watch stuff like that, I'm always even if even if they kind of fumble certain things, I'm a big fan of anybody that kind of swings for the fences or just tries. Yeah tries tries different shit or tries to yeah. do something that's not your average run of the mill. So I was really tickled by it. Um, I think my expectations were just so high that it was a, li a little bit of like a, a little bit of, yeah, it fell a little short. But again, I always, I mean, when people like really kind of like swing for it and, and basically like, like, you know, get a hit, um, I'm, I'm so stoked. But yeah, I, I really liked it, Anna. <laughs> nice. Well, Christmas is coming. Just remember that. <laughs> it's always coming. It's always coming. All right. So apparently you've got a you know a bunch of notebooks with a bunch of stuff written in it. Um, how many different genres of films are you kind of, do you have ideas for? Are, are you across the board? I mean, all we've seen from you is sort of humor comedy so far. So, Yeah, I mean, so most of, most of the stuff is like horror comedy, just straight comedy. I have that musical idea. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if it, it's all about like, I haven't really found a dramatic story that that I want to tell. I also find that like, you know, I've, I've talked to some friends that are definitely on more of the dramatic bent, and they find comedy so hard. I'm not saying comedy is easy. But I've always found that comedy has been easier for me than than dramatic stuff. Like in grad school, I made like a couple of dramatic shorts. I definitely did like a lot of in my directing classes, like dramatic exercises. And some of the stuff like I, I really liked doing. There's certain exercises, certain scenes I did that I really liked. Um, but I like as far as I like to direct stuff that I've written and I just haven't had an idea that I'm like I've really kind of like taken to. Um, I have like one kind of serious horror idea that I've been fleshing out, but I'm just like, I'm not there yet where I'm like, man, I feel like I can see this. And that's kind of like with, with stuff that I've ended up writing or ended up making, it's like, I can, I can really like see it almost from beginning to end in my head. Like I can see like the images, I can see the scenes play out in my head. Um, but I haven't gotten there. So yeah, like really my sweet spot now in the, in the ideas in the notebooks, it's like horror comedy just straight comedy and that musical idea it's cool though right i mean um kind of horror comedy has kind of become its own genre right like you'll yeah. hear people that kind of don't like horror um and they can be introduced to horror comedy because of the comedy aspect of it so it, it has a bit of a broader audience i find because there's the people that are hardcore horror and they'll still watch horror comedy but some people that are not quite horror fans will still watch it so it kind of gives you a little bit of of options i guess right and there's been there's been like a few like really good horror comedies released in the past few years but i found that like with a lot like there's there aren't a lot being made at least like you know around the time that we started doing peckerhead like if that was one of the reasons beyond the midnight movie is i was just like man i haven't seen a horror comedy that i've really like loved on in the past like few years um but but it, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think it's kind of like it's it's helpful in terms of crossover. Um, but it's also there's there's just not as many made uh, when it comes to like, you know, when compared to like the horror genre. Um, so if you can do it well, I'm not saying we're we've exactly, you know, squared that circle yet. But if you can do like a really solid horror comedy, there are just so few that are like out like out of this world. Great. That if you can do one of those, I mean, it's like it's destined to be kind of cult classic. -y. Um, yes. so that's kind of like, that's why I love that genre is like, it combines two of my favorite kind of areas in film. Um, but it's also like, there's some of the most, I, I also really like kind of the communal viewing experience. That's what kind of sucked about the past year. It's yeah. just like, you know, I started doing this thing on Sundays called highbrow, lowbrow, 
where I would invite like, you know, a dozen of my friends every Sunday and I, there would be a different person curating each week and we would choose one highbrow movie that you would watch before, uh, before, you know, Sunday. And then we'd talk about that and then we would watch the lowbrow movie together and like chat in like Zoom or just kind of talk about it afterwards. Um, just because like I'm desperately yearn for kind of the communal viewing experience. I love going to the movies yeah. with my friends. It's like some of my most, you know, again, cherished memories. Um, and I think horror comedies just lend to just like like being able to kind of laugh and kind of like and they're, they're sometimes the most fun to watch and the most outrageous. Um, so that's why I like that. That genre is kind of my sweet spot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 totally. So I won't, I know you kind of already talked about budget being a constraint a little bit, but within uh, PAC, um, what, would, what was the most expensive thing for, for the film? Damn, that's a good question. Um, like what was the biggest line item, I guess, on the, on the accounting statement? <laughs> Other than, yeah. than paying people, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so outside of paying people, because probably since we were a SAG production, and even though we were like ultra low budget, um, like really like the the only time we went over budget was, you know, <clears throat> needing to finish a scene and going like beyond whatever it is, like the 12 hours or the, you know, you know, going overtime. Besides that, it's pro I mean, it's crazy because like, like whatever I would give you would insinuate that that and I know you guys wouldn't assume it, but that would insinuate that like it's like somebody asking for more, but it's just like that's just the nature of the beast. So I'd say like probably like something in the camera department, you know, but that's mm. something that you absolutely need. But I, like it's probably like the biggest line items would probably be like either food, um, you know, or that's something, crazy. some some aspect of camera or I mean, even like I could say effects, but like I, like one thing that like we I kind of marveled at. Um, Jared Baylog, who is our effects guy and his, his assistant, Sean, is like, we had been, the reason why it seemed like we might not be able to make Peckerhead is we went to like every effects house and they basically like priced us out. They're like, we love this script. Mm -hmm. You can't afford us. You know, like um, you just can't afford us. We told them what we had to work with. And finally, like one of the last effects houses we got, um, we, we had heard from the guy was like, listen, this script is so good. Like, I want you guys to make it. You can't afford me. But there's a there's a dude who like who sometimes freelances with us. Um, and I know he's trying to go out on his own. You should reach out to him. He might like he might be able to to make this budget work. Um, yeah. and Jared, Jared was great. So he, that might be one of the biggest like the biggest aspects of our budget. Um, but I mean, th that dude was able to stretch every dollar into like, you know, and yeah. twenty dollars, you know, um, so he was great, but I would say like camera effects and food, just, I mean, food, maybe gas. Cause we, we traveled so much. We shot yeah. all around Jersey, New York city and Philly. Um, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. Nice. All right. So yeah, on that note, um, how fun was working with like practical effects and by the way, thank you for doing that. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, 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 happily would happily do it. I mean, it's definitely like uh, when you only have one chance to get it right. It's definitely like, you know, one of the most anxiety inducing uh, moments on set. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that everything I've done, you know, from Two Pints, Larry Gun Demon, this that had any effects, makeup and or practical. Um, I definitely wanted to do almost everything in camera. Like that was the goal. Um, so it's a lot of fun because like, especially when you're working with somebody like Jared, who's like, just like one, a really fun dude Two is never like, no, I can't do that. You know, like he, like he'd read something in the script and be like, you know, I've never done this before, but you know what? Fuck it. Like, we're going to try We're going to make this work. Um, so when you're working with somebody who's like one hyper creative to game for any type of warped thing that you write down or, or comes to, comes to mind, um, it's a lot of fun. On set, when you're when you only have one metalhead head to rip off, you know, spine and all, um, you know, your your butt is puckered because you know if the camera doesn't hit its focus mark, you know, if, if yep. like, focus marks are off, if David rips the head off incorrectly, if the body falls weird, you know, like anything, um, you we literally can't do it again. I mean, like when that blood when that blood poured out of that head, it soaked everyone including our camera person in the camera nice. so that's like you know uh, there's no take two that's like that's one and done 
Um, and when it works out, I mean, I'm telling you, that was probably the, I think that was the second to last shot we did of the entire film. Wow. And that shot is done. I mean, you end on the highest note you can. I mean, everyone is like, I mean, and that's like the last day. So everyone's just like exhausted and kind of like moody. But after that, and everyone's looking at it on the monitor. I mean, like everyone's like, we fucking did it. You know, like everyone's just like, you know, there's high fives all around. Everyone's hugging. There's like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's one, it's like, you, you, you need, you need that, that anxiety to have it be such a big payoff. But also, I mean, that would, I mean, y'all know, I mean, if you're doing that, if you're doing that CGI, that's not going to look anything like that. that uh, um, it, no, I, it could have potentially ruined the movie. I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and, and that's like the type of shit where it's like, man, I mean, I'd rather, you know, put myself and, and our crew and our effects guys through hell to get that um and 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 have it turn out great than like just you know work easy work easier um and then like just have a guy on a computer guy or gal or a person on a computer you know like just you know doing some some shitty you know 16-bit version of of a you know a head getting ripped off ube ball all the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so we know that the trilogy's coming and we know there's potentially uncle peck too but are we gonna see so we gonna because you know the the dutch trilogy is kind of going in a different direction are we gonna see david littleton in the trilogy yes absolutely i mean in larry gun demon i have a I, like basically like what i want to do is take a lot of the actors not just obviously dub will be duh you know um in a perfect world but yeah i mean david and a bunch of the other people like uh like alex and josh who played the metalheads are are, are f friends of mine and i want i want to have them in different roles so like basically like there are these these roles that aren't in peckerhead um that are in larry that i kind of had in mind for like like i'd say like you know a half dozen to a dozen of the actors that were in uh peckerhead so yeah i mean david david's somebody that i'd want to work with forever um, so even on like non-duh universe stuff, there's like there are characters that I've written or just characters that I've I, I've written before I knew David that I'm like David would be perfect for this. Um, yeah, he's like he's, he's brilliant. He's yeah, brilliant. he's he's like somebody you just and beyond his brilliance in terms of like his acting chops, you know, which you know I could go on forever. Um, he's like one of the best people to have on set and like, he, like, he just has like an energy. He like, he just has an energy and speed that like locks in with me and with like a lot of the people that I've worked with for the past decade. So he's like, you know, he, I told him he's, he can't get out of it. He's just like, he's now a part of the, the traveling band of freaks. <laughs> I love it. Is that the, is that the sort of quiet underbelly name of the, of the group? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just I just made that up but yeah I mean it, it is like kind of like we just kind of like film by film there's just more people that come in that you're like man you're in the fold now you're 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 coming with us on the yeah. next one you're part of the crew I you know yeah. what I love that about films like you'll watch a um a director that just takes their cast from one film to the next kind of like Wes Anderson has his yeah. his crew that comes with him all the time I'd love seeing it because you fall in love with these actors and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just Max's character too is so is so powerful in the film that he's such a dolt, but at the same time he's so cute and lovable. You just want to pinch his cheeks the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and th and that's what I mean. That's what happens because what you're trying to do on set is like cultivate kind of like a familial like things are going to get tough, and you just want to be able to trust each other and and also like have a good time and enjoy each other's company because even when you're not shooting. You're spending you know 24 hours a day with these people um but that's like you know the first time i met jeff was like probably like 10 12 years ago at a punk house and i mean he was he's just a performer like he just like holds court and i was just like and we hung out like all night like just drinking and hanging out and i was like man i this dude has to be on like he has to be in one of my movies like i can't and then he was in larry gun demon and after that like it's just like we are we were fast friends and like just like never looked back um, but that's like just what happens is like it, on set. I think it's just like the ultimate test. And it's like if people pass the test, you're like, I can't I don't want to let go of this person. They're just like such a such a mensch. 
Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Okay, so this is our last formal question that we have. And it's a bit of a weird question just because and I know we had we had connected right after we saw Uncle Peck last year. And I kept bothering you saying, hey, when can we get this stuff in Canada? And it's funny because, you know, we, we pulled it up and noticed you can get it. It's now on Tubi, I guess, in the States and Prime in the States. And vo is it Voodoo? Voodoo. Voodoo? Yeah. Is that is that it? Yeah. So all of it. But in Canada, you can't get any of those. Like, is there, is there something weird about the distribution? Yeah, no. So so, of course, I had to buy it, which I'm perfectly happy to do. Because yeah, now I can watch it every day. I want it's it, It's also going to be my birthday viewing with Dawn of the Dead. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's it, it's it's one of those things. It's like like you kind of talked about it earlier in the discussion about how, you know, now these it's creeping up in different places. Why? Why? Maybe you don't even know the answer to this, but why is production houses not doing international releases on this thing? Like, why do they not think that Peck's not going to do well in U Uganda or, or you know, like Bryce's favorite country for film or, you yeah. know, like... <laughs> Uganda no, I... action star! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the Canadian thing, I think, is really weird. Because um, we, we're distributed in Canada, and I would assume that, like, streaming makes people money. Um, like not me, but it'll make somebody money. So I, I, I don't, and that's the thing is like, I feel like, cause I know like we've been distributed. The crazy thing is, cause I just, I went up for a uh, reappointment at my school. So I needed to like, you know, basically kind of puff up my, my chest and say, I'm so great. I, you know, this and that. And I looked at like one of our, our last quarterly report for, uh, from the distributor. And I mean, we've been distributed to like probably like 25 30 countries um and it's like some stuff like spain i know we're playing on like like tv there you know because like people are are messing dming us from spain and, and just saying like love the movie and showing us um but then like i've heard similar stuff i forget where i forget it like, it was somewhere in europe where they're like yeah i mean it's available on blu-ray but i'm like like it's not on i forget there's like some stuff there's like obviously their netflix but then there's like other streaming there are other streaming services and they're like when is it going to be available on whatever the popular streaming service is and it's like i have no yeah, idea yeah. how that yeah i have no idea how that works and what what kind of sucks is like I think to an extent, probably my, our distributor knows a little bit more about that. But I think ultimately it's up to that distributor in that country. Um, so mm. I forget who the Canadian distributor is, but just like give kick, him shit. Get kick them his ass. To, yeah. yeah, kick his ass. Yeah, write them, send them, <laughs> send them very, very curt emails. Because um, I mean, that's that's something where, I mean, I know for in the United States, uh, like it's been tough to get on some streaming services because of the title like i don't want to talk shit on certain streaming mm. services because i might depend on their money later um but there's certain i mean we were told like a few times that like really kind of like well-known streaming services um like wouldn't like wanted we're thinking about doing an exclusive one of them wanted us to change the name and we were just like fuck no no way um but but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of them passed because of the name. I mean, we didn't get we didn't get reviewed by like the New York Times in certain places because of the name, um, which is like fucking absurd, like clutching your yeah. pearls because you don't like the name. Like, I've, I've never heard something so absurd that you won't watch a movie because of the title. Um, like, yeah. like it's fucking 2021. You know what I mean? Like, like this isn't. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean that stuff. And peckerhead's not even like a vulgar word. It's it's something five year olds say to their their dude, friends, right? It's like, oh, it's you know, peckerhead. Like, it's, yeah, like it's not vulgar at all. It's not like you said, "Hey there, c word," or yeah. you know, like, <laughs> dude. And the, the the crazy thing is, I'm sure we've all right, and like. I, I've, I've definitely gotten better in that like I, I don't try and compare movies or, or compare my movie to other movies or just hate on movies because making movie takes a lot of time and effort and that's why like I've kind of softened but there's so much fucking garbage on some of these things and it's not like we're not asking for like we're not holding out for a million dollars you know what I mean like I'm just like man just like I just want more people to see it like if I'm not going to make any yeah. money I just want to reach the most eyes and ears I want people to enjoy yeah. the movie um yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I think some people are just, you know, are just buttholes. It just sucks. 
Well, we have a saying on our podcast that um, everybody is at least medium shitty. So apparently some people are a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Wise words to live by. So, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on our cute little Canadian podcast that hopefully hits a few different countries. We're pretty big in Czech Republic right now. So, uh, yay, Czech. Um, So before we sign off, do you want to tell anybody anything else special that you'd like to share or also where to find you everywhere? Sure. Um, really, I would say just uh, check UnclePeckerhead.com or SubtleTRex.com. It takes you to the same landing page. Um, we haven't done like a ton of updates. The, the thing that's probably the most updated is uh, we have new T-shirts, um, which we're selling like duh T-shirts, Uncle Peckerhead T-shirts. Um, 20% of the proceeds go to the ACLU. Um, we're trying to do some good in the world uh, while we sell our silly t-shirts. Um, but I'd say, yeah, I mean, that that helps to support us just because, um, you know, we're still a micro-budget production trying to get stuff off the ground. I would say hopefully by the fall, I'll be able to announce like a, a new really serious project that hopefully we'll be shooting in twenty early 2022, if not like, you know, by the summer. Um, and you can just find, uh, you know, you can go to Uncle Peckerhead on Instagram, Uncle Peckerhead on Twitter. Um, I'm Young Bull on Twitter. I'm uh, I'm Kid Dynamat on Instagram. And yeah, I mean, I would just say tell, just tell your friends, tell your family, tell your tell your priest or your rabbi um, about the movie, and just help spread the word. We're a tiny movie, just trying to inch by inch, just try and get more more people watching and kind of talking about the movie. But I just wanted to thank I you guys it. too. This was, uh, yeah. this was such a blast, and it's so nice that 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 you all care about it enough to to want to talk for an hour about about a movie about a, a cannibal roadie. It it's uh, it spoke to us at the heart of our core, as we do love cannibals in all forms. Awesome. So thank you. Ah, we're just gonna do a closing. Uh, thanks, ragers, for listening. Uh, find us on social media on Facebook. Instagram, TikTok at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com. Find us on YouTube by searching FilmRage Podcast. We are always wanting to make raging glass for all listeners. So please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us an email to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible, terrible movies to fuel our rage. But no matter what you do, please, please make us rage. That's it for this special episode. Rage on, everybody. Rage on. Duh.